Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hi, we're back. It's the Ayers on the road, not on the road, in the bed. (laughs) (laughs) This will be an interesting podcast this week because I'm sitting here, actually lying here by this beautiful woman, Linda, who just two days ago had a total knee replacement. And Linda, you are just tough. I mean, how many people could, you know, two days after a knee replacement do a radio show? Come on. Well, uh, you know, you do what you got to do. It's okay. I've got these signs from my grandchildren all around the room that says, you can do this. And one behind me says, you need K-N-E-E-D rest. Yeah, we've so. got a lot of support from grandkids <laughs> and kids and this is an operation we probably should have done years ago because 20 years ago i'll just tell it linda because you'll sound like you're too well this is a really good excuse yeah linda was we were we climbed mount kilimanjaro in kenya uh, tanzania actually and um, we were coming down the mountain it takes five days to get up to the top of kilimanjaro or kili as we call it and then Two days to come down, but coming down is tough on the knee, and that's where Linda sustained this injury, and she's kind of lived with it for all these years, some days better than others, and finally we got the total knee replacement. Yeah, I did a a scope and all that stuff about three years later, but it's just, I've been dragging this knee around for 20 years, and I'm going to be so happy when it gets done, but I keep reminding myself of that because it is this morning. We were just kind of waiting for technology to get perfect, and it's pretty close to perfect yeah. now. They say every five years they do astonishing things with need replacement surgery, so I hope I'm astonished by that in about uh, <laughs> three weeks. We'll see. So all, all of that is just to say if Linda sounds a little groggy or mixes up a fact or two or, you know, begins to slur her words, <laughs> you'll know the reason why. But that's not going to happen. No, that's not going to happen. Um, it's a beautiful day. We happen to be in Salt Lake City today. Uh, we, Although we went to Park City, the Park City Hospital, uh, for the surgery because we found a wonderful surgeon up there. And... Um, so, um, we are definitely not on the road for a while. In fact, they said in the instructions, I can't drive for a month. What? That's going to be tough for you. I cannot drive for a month. You know what's going to be tough for you, Linda, is letting other people wait on you. You're always waiting on everyone else, and it's going to be kind of good, you know? I, I, we, 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 we all laugh in the Iyer family about how hard it is to get Linda to sit down and just relax or get in a conversation because she's always seen things that need to be done and she's up and doing them. It's sort of the the Mary Martha syndrome where where the Martha begins to take over for the Mary. And one reunion, one of our kids even got a pair of handcuffs, real handcuffs, police handcuffs, and handcuffed you to a chair. And that was the only way you'd sit there and let other people wait on you. So I think this this knee replacement is going to be a little like those handcuffs. Yeah, it's going to be maybe even worse. I don't know. Because you can still drag a chair around with a plastic chair, <laughs> outdoor chair. Um, <laughs> yeah, you were dragging uh, <laughs> a chair around. That was really funny. <laughs> but it really is going to be a new world for me for a little while. So it's okay. Now, today we're continuing this little series of trying to review the main point the key 
the key elements of, of one of our books each week. And, and we think there's some value in that because all the books we've done are essentially focused on helping families in one way or another. And we hear from a lot of people who say, hey, listen, I, I don't have time to read. <laughs> I don't know if they say I don't have time, but I can't read all your books. Which ones should I read or which ones would help me the most or which ones do you recommend? And it's always a hard question for us because obviously we like all the books or we wouldn't have written them, right? But but that, that sort of is what led us to this idea of just doing one half-hour podcast on each of our books where we try to say, here's the main points of this book, and that would allow you as a podcast listener to digest these, in some cases to say, well, now that's a book I really want to get more deeply into. And we're trying, as many of you know, to make all of our books free online at a site called Ayers Free Books. So the point is, if you want to dig deeper after any one of these shows on one of our books, fine. But if you don't, we may be able to just hit the highlights and the points that might help in some way in your family. And if we can, that's what we want to do. Well, this is really going to be an interesting one because um, they're, and we're doing them in order. And we have mentioned before, but we should probably re-mention that we now have, at the end of this year, we'll have 52 books. So that's really nice. This will get us through a whole year of podcasts. And we're amazed, constantly amazed at what we find as we review these old books uh, because they're still pretty current. Well, the reason, yeah, that's right. I mean, the book we're going to be talking about today is, is uh, you know, several decades old. But because of the subject matter of what we've written about all our lives, namely relationships and families and and parenting and life balance and so on. These are things that never change. And so we feel, in fact, what what actually we end up concluding is a lot of what we wrote a few years ago is actually more relevant now than it was then because it's getting harder and harder to be a parent. It's getting harder and harder to raise a family. It's getting harder and harder to maintain a good marriage because the world we live in is moving in other directions. So, well, to say the least, I mean, when you think about what the um, media was like, what the technology was like, uh, when when did you write this? Well, this particular um, book is, is clear from way back. We, I'll, I'll just give a little introduction. Let's yeah. let's name the book first of all. It's called What Manner of Man, and it's a book about Jesus Christ and the reason we say that it's a family book is because the whole point of it was to try to help parents and individuals, but particularly parents, to work with their families and with their children on really having a a sort of a more intimate, a sort of a more real understanding of Jesus Christ and, and a better relationship with him. And the approach we took was to say, hey, how about if each week, particularly on Sunday, that each week we were to focus on one aspect, one facet of Jesus's personality or his character or his attributes, just one. Isolate that one thing, for example, his charisma or his preparation or his his communication ability or, or whatever, just one thing, and then draw on Scripture, draw on other source material, and try to flesh that out so that at the end of a week, the parents or the children, the whole family would feel like, 
we understand one thing about Jesus better than we did last week because we've we've focused in on that one. We call it a facet. Think of a facet, a, a gem, a, a diamond cut with many planes or facets, and imagine that they're the, these are each facet represents a different attribute of Christ. And you know we we know that this is not really a religious station that you're listening to as per se. Well, I mean, podcast, it's BYU radio, right. but um, you may be listening on a podcast, and you may you may or may not be a person of faith. Right. But we felt this was a universal book because in our experience, even people who are not necessarily Christian have a certain admiration for Jesus and who he was and what he taught. Well, I remember being in India at one point with our driver, uh, being a Muslim, said he had named his daughter Mary because he had loved Jesus Christ so much and his life and learned so much from him. So I think that... um, this is pretty amazing because Jesus Christ is universal and is core for our family and for us and for probably the vast majority of you listening. And the, well, in fact, Lynn, the, I should just say, what sometimes when we're speaking in a secular audience in some part of the world and, and there's an interesting question that comes up fairly often, someone will say, if you could just say one thing, if there was just one single thing that I could do as a parent or that we could do in our family, and you could only name one, what would it be? And, you know, we we actually say if the, the single most important thing you can do for your children and for your family is to focus attention on the greatest example who ever lived. Whether you have a religious belief in him or not, focus your attention on the character, the attributes, the personality of Jesus Christ, because that will bring a love and a consideration and a beauty into your home that'll be more important than anything else you could do. Yeah, absolutely. We feel that way so much at our house. And sometimes when you get carried away with the busyness of this this crazy world of so many things going on all the time, it is hard to focus on just one facet of somebody that you admire more than anybody else in the world, but to remember that that is the most important thing in your life today. And and again, the reason we put this book together the way we did is that to just say, oh, I want to know more about Jesus. I want to become more like him. I want to emulate his, his nature and his character and so on. That's a great thing, but that's so general. And a person, any person is competent complex and and multifaceted. And of course, Jesus, above all, has so many attributes that we want to look at. So we felt the best way to approach it was to break it down and just take one each week, each Sunday for a whole year in an attempt to come to know more different things about Jesus, who he was and how he operated and how he became the example for all mankind. I should just quickly mention one other thing, Linda, and then after the break we'll get into some of these individual facets. But we should we should be completely um, transparent and say that we actually wrote this while we were in England, while we were what is called in, in our church a mission president for 200, actually more than that, 200-plus young missionaries who were spending full-time 
telling people more about Christ. And we started thinking, you know, um, we do a thing in, in our church, and of course it's in many Christian churches uh, called communion or the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. And we started thinking, wouldn't it be nice if we could give these missionaries who are in our charge one specific thing to think about each week when they're in church having communion or having the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, where they're not just thinking generally about Jesus, they're thinking about one specific attribute of Christ, and it changes each week through the year so that they develop this greater love and knowledge of Christ. And in the end, it really changes you, which is really amazing. Uh, because we've been using this now for years, and even though we keep going through the rounds every year, it is more meaningful every year because you're a different person every year, right? Yeah, exactly. When you repeat them the, the next year, and we should also mention, and before we get into some examples of these facets or aspects, that um, along with our effort to try to make this more accessible to people, we now have an Instagram channel or an Instagram page called creatively Richard Linda Iyer, all strung together, Richard Linda Iyer. And we put one of these facets of Savior on there every week on Sunday. And so that, you know, when you're at church or when you're thinking or when you're meditating or when you're spending that Sabbath, you can just go to that Instagram page and see a photo. We try to put a different one of Jesus. It's actually artwork. It's gorgeous. Beautiful portraits of Christ and then one little aspect of his nature. So let's take a brief break, Linda, and when we come back, we'll give some examples of these different facets of Jesus. So hang on. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back with Ayers on the Road and talking today about a book that we have loved for many years. And I do have to say, Richard wrote this book. I mean, really, um, we talked about it a lot, but you actually developed this together, totally together. And, um, Again, the idea is one, I really like the word facet, because that, that's like one part of a much greater whole, and the idea is thinking about one, just one thing, one that's related to Christ each week. Let us give you some examples, and I'm actually now just looking on, on my phone on, on Richard Linda Iyer Instagram, we're just going to go back for the, the last few weeks, so... Um, how about thinking of the understanding, the incredible understanding of Christ? And I'll just read you a little quick part. A good teacher understands. He understands his topics, his listeners, their needs, and his relationship with them. A great teacher not only understands, but enlarges the understanding of those he teaches. And it goes on to talk about what a great example Christ was of that. And it ends like this, because he understood individual souls, Jesus taught specific personal principles in the particular way that each individual could understand. Because he understood, he was understood, and thus we now understand him as the greatest teacher the world has ever known. 
So you just get an idea of the flavor there, just one little aspect. Let's give a couple more examples. The week before that, we were focused on Jesus's preparation. And on the Instagram channel, there's a beautiful picture of Christ walking on the seashore of the Sea of Galilee. And um, here's a little bit of that particular facet. Okay, I'll read it. Linda doesn't have her glasses. It was Lindbergh who said, preparation precedes power. But it could have been said by anyone, anyone great enough to make real contributions. Again, as with everything else, Christ epitomized and perfected this quality. He underwent 30 years of preparation before his ministry began. And that preparation was mental, emotional, social, and physical, as well as spiritual. And his ministry began the pattern of preparation in mountaintop solitude, at the seaside, in the desert, or simply with the peace of his own mind. He always prepared before he acted. So you get the feeling of one facet each week. Well, and what it makes you think is, how can I be better prepared? How can I prepare for these kinds of things? Because, you know, life is crazy every week, but if you can keep focused on, now let's see, how could I prepare better, or how can I prepare better for what's coming up this week? It really helps me to think about my own preparation. And if we if we go back another week, the topic was Jesus's revolutionary uniqueness, and yeah. let us give you a little flavor of that one. Um, prior to Christ's ministry, people were told to love their friends. Christ taught them to love not only their friends but their enemies. People were admonished not to kill. Christ taught them not to feel anger. They were commanded not to commit adultery. Christ taught them not to lust. Under the Mosaic Law of Revenge, the code permitted an eye for an eye. Christ taught a superior code of turning the other cheek. It is really quite incredible that he absolutely turned everything upside down um, on its heels uh, as far as what people were thinking. Um, Still to this day, you know, as we see this conflict in the Middle East and all that's going on is eyes an eye for an eye. If somebody does something bad, then revenge is the best thing that you can do um, to make it right. But he absolutely turned that around 100%. And I hope you see, as we give you some of these examples, that this is, of course, it's a book about Jesus, and it's a book on the facets of his nature. But I hope you see why we position it in our minds as a family book. I mean, if you're trying to teach your children how to love and how to treat other people better, there's no better way to teach that than to use Christ as an example. And this particular facet is about that. Let's do a couple more. Um, The one the week prior to that was on the total example of Christ. And it starts off like this. Someone wants to find leadership with perfect simplicity. Leadership is being. The related cliches are endless. Practice what you preach. Ask no one to do something you would not do. What you are speaks so loudly I cannot hear what you say. You can't lead someone to a place you yourself are not going. Um, The whole idea here is that um, 
Well, here's another quote from that. Perhaps this is the thought that prompted Napoleon, who is quoted as saying, I know men, and I tell you that Jesus Christ is not a man. A resemblance does not exist. There is between Christianity and all other religions, and between Christ and all other people, a distance of infinity. Everything in Christ astonishes me. His spirit overawes me, and his will confounds me. Between him and anyone else in the world, there's no possible term of comparison. His example was perfect. So, you know, that's just one other facet of trying to understand all that we can about who this incredible being was. Um, what do you have to say about that, Linda? Well, I just think that his example is premier in all of our minds. We, of course, we want to be more like Jesus, and, you know, what would Jesus do, and all that has become a really big wave, um, this kind of pass, and then it comes back. I keep seeing, what would Jesus do, bracelets um, on little kids and so on. It really is an incredible way to organize your life or to focus your life just a little bit more, especially on Sunday. And um, I mean, obviously, a new day works, but from Sunday to Sunday to keep your concentration on that one particular facet is really, really fun and exciting. And again, I keep pulling it back to this. It's a way to teach your children. Let's say that you're Let's say that you're concerned that your children don't know how to set goals, don't know how to plan, and so on. Well, one of these facets of Christ is on his goals and his plans. So he's the example of everything. Read a little of this one, Rhonda. Um, this is you speaking. For many years, I've worked in management consulting, producing written documents that define and clarify an organization's goals, to lay out a detailed plan for how to achieve those goals. I'm an admirer of plans, to say the least. We've talked about this in the past podcasts, but this really applies so much right here. The plan championed before this world by the Savior was and is perfect. It is at once both incomparably complete and incomparably simple. It provides a wondrous physical sphere complete with the elements and the agency necessary in the proving learning process that progresses us toward our heavenly parents. So it really is so true that um, planning and making goals um, is such a huge part of the Savior's life, and we can apply it to our own. So again, you can try to sit down and teach your children that in a theoretical way or in a skill-based way, but why not start with using the Savior as an example of exactly how to do that? I'm just going to mention maybe one or two more examples. One one week, the, um, the whole idea had to do with um, the way that Jesus was able to magnify friendship and magnanimity and how his definition of love expanded any other definition that had ever been given before. And then another week, it has to do with charity, his charity. How remarkable and how worthy of thought is Paul's first epistle to the Corinthians, where he lists nearly every great virtue and puts charity at the top of the list and says that charity never faileth. 
So in his word in Revelation, Christ himself holds forth charity as an absolute requirement for his work. He tells us to be clothed with it and says we can do nothing without it. And then, of course, we define charity as the pure love of Christ, which has kind of a double meaning. One, to love Christ purely and completely, but two, to love as he loved without any reservation. Is it a double meaning, really, or do both meanings really say the same thing? So again, anything, our our whole theory here is that anything you want to teach your children, irrespective of how religious person you are, you will find in Christ the ultimate example of that. Absolutely. <clears throat> we have uh, gone through a series of uh, changes through the years. I mean, first of all, it was just a book. And then um, we went on to sharing it. Uh, did we ever send it we, yeah, we used to, to send our kids. out newsletters every week to people. We used um, to do it by email. The whole idea of not, not saying, here's a whole book, read it, but saying, here's one here's little, a little bite. Of a book. Yeah. We're going to send you yeah. 50 of these. And uh, then it just became more and more popular. And and now we have access to Can you imagine when this was written all those years ago? There, It was still dial phones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was absolutely not easy to communicate things like this. Now it is just a snap. You put it on your phone, and you can send it out to whoever is interested in going and looking at it. Um, it really is a, an amazing thing that technology. We talk about the bad things that it contains and the hard things for kids, but there are then there are these things that are absolutely marvelous that help us to change our lives through just a click of the button. Now, the title of the book is something that bears a little further mention. We decided to call it What Manner of Man? And that just seemed the perfect title to us because that's what we're trying to talk about. What are what are the mannerisms? What are the, the various aspects of who Jesus was and who he is? And, of course, the phrase actually comes from the Scripture. It's used in several places. In one case... The apostles themselves, after Jesus had performed a miracle and, and walked on water and so on, saying, what manner of man is this, that even the waves obey him? And some of Christ's uh, persecutors and tormentors, uh, after seeing him do things that were beyond their grasp, said the same phrase, what manner of man? And we want the title to apply to us. What manner of man ought ye to be? What manner of person are you? And what better model could you find than trying to follow Jesus Christ? So I think we've given a kind of a rough idea of what this book is. And again, we've given you several aspects of how to access it. The best, well, the best one right now, though, Linda, just to finish your earlier thought, is really Instagram. So if you want to try this out, go to Instagram and go to Richard Linda Iyer, all strung together. And you'll see that every week on Sunday, here's another facet. You can read it. If you don't mind, you can read it in church, or you can read it after church, or you can read it if you don't go to church. You can make it a kind of a day of thinking about what manner of person you are and what the ultimate 
person was. And you also should know that it is on irsfreebooks.com. You can go to that and uh, you can read it all at once if you want. But these little bite-sized pieces, are there's just so much to take in. I think there's just easier to do it one week at a time. So thanks for being with us. We hope you're enjoying this series. We are really going to do our best to cover the main points of each of our books in this little series, going through them and then leave it up to you to decide if you want to dig deeper on any. Our goal, as always, is to try to help you with your family, with your marriage, with your parenting, with your relationships, because that's the thing that really counts. Thanks for listening in, and we'll see you again next time, hopefully, on Irish on the Road. Bye-bye. 